A message from our sponsor, Ramp Stop Marine Service. Ramp Stop Marine Service is a family-owned and operated boat store located at mile marker 757 on the Ohio River. Since 2005, their mission has been to support and encourage the Inland Mariner by providing midstream delivery services on the Ohio River from Louisville to Cairo and the Mississippi from Hickman to Cape Girardeau. By operating their own grocery store and supply warehouse tailored to the needs of vessels operating on our inland rivers, they can provide you with what your boats and crews need to keep moving. Rampstop has also begun working with launch services and midstream fuelers on the Ohio and Mississippi rivers. So next time you talk with your launch service or midstream fueler, ask if they can provide you with groceries from Rampstop Marine Service. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok or visit www.rampstop.com. I am joined today on Between the Levees by Mr. Tim Shockley. He is the proprietor of Ramp Stop, our newest sponsor. Mr. Shockley, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Well, these episodes begin with uh, where it all began for you. So please, sir, tell me, where were you born? Owensboro, Kentucky, 1970, June 25th, 1970. If anybody wants to send me a birthday card. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure that happens yeah uh, um did you have any siblings absolutely i've got uh four sisters and a brother okay i'm the oldest what did your parents do for a living well my mother was a nurse so she retired and uh my dad worked at national sapphire aluminum in hallsville hallsville kentucky what did he do for them he um well, i guess whatever they asked him to <laughs> <I did. laughs> um you know he he worked uh swing shift most of my childhood growing up I often tell people you know you I know how to get up and go to work because that's all I saw my dad ever do you know so uh, uh now I've heard him describe the jobs but to tell you, but to act like I knew what they were I wouldn't <laughs> I've heard him say what they were but I, I you know he, he went and got hot and sweaty sure uh, I know I know that you know but well uh, what was life growing up in Owensboro in the 70s well I didn't grow up in Owensboro I grew up in a town about one percent the size of Owensboro, probably Livermore, a uh, little little county, uh, county of McLean County. Uh, uh, I tell people all the time we moved to Louisville when I was uh, thirty. Me and my wife and I moved up there, and uh, I, that's when I found out I was from the country. I didn't know anything any different. You know what I mean? I, uh, that's all I'd ever done. Lived in a town of seventeen hundred people. Moved to a town of six hundred people with my. You know, I, uh, so it was just, to me, it was normal, but it was just really slow and it was really, um, fun. The summer seemed like they last forever, you know, when you're a kid and, you know, you have a good time. I mean, um, that's, that's the way it was. I don't know. I, that's all I knew. And then I moved to, moved to New Albany, Indiana. I lived there for about four years at the beginning of the 2000s and, uh, that's when I found out I was from the country. I really I didn't know I, I didn't know how country I was till uh, some of the new friends we had made would just have me come over and, and talk to people just because they wanted to hear me. So, all they wanted they didn't care what I said. They just wanted me to say something. So I'm like, man, I must be really bad. <laughs> but uh, you don't yeah. sound too bad. You don't sound too bad at all. There you go. There you go. I've been working on it for like 20 years. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Were you drawn to anything in school growing up? No, I, you know, to be quite honest with you, um, uh, it's probably a little bit different in the story. You're, I, I, was, I got in a lot of trouble. Um, 
when I was 16 years old, I've been in jail three different times. Um, I was just rebellious and went my own way and thought I was, you know, I had a 16 year itis, you know, I thought I figured it all out and knew what I was doing. And um, uh, honestly, that was the, when I was 16, the biggest turning point in my whole life came uh, when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ and got saved. And uh, my life really started then because uh, at that, up to that point, I had not, um, I was going down the wrong road and I wasn't listening to anybody that had any had anything to say about I didn't have any interest I look back now and I see my kids we've raised three kids they're um you know doing great as far as their mom and dad are concerned I mean and uh uh and I I look at all the how they enjoyed their teenage years I didn't do that you know I I had uh but uh it wasn't for nothing you know I got to where I am because of it but uh but no I didn't have a lot now once I got uh once I met the Lord and um shortly thereafter met my wife um then i quickly realized that we were broken it was my fault <laughs> so so then i started uh that's when my life really changed you know uh worked a few years you know jobs did what i could do or whatever and then just one day you just realize man i gotta do something else we're not we're not making it i tell my son all the time if uh if i could have gotten a really good job like my dad had at the aluminum mill i might have worked there till the day i died but at my age, when I, me coming up, the, 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 you couldn't get a job like that. You know, it was, uh, so we traveled out of town a lot. And I was in construction, you know, and my uncle owned an industrial painting company. And that was, you know, we did that kind of work, uh, traveling around, sandblasting, painting, stuff like that. So, and, uh, you know, as, which is fine. I loved it. As, a, as like I told you before, I'm a little country boy. I mean, I, I hadn't seen nothing. You know, of course, we went to Florida on vacation every year when I was a kid, I guess. But, but to get out and see different places was neat. But once that was, once the new wore off of that, I, I realized my kids were growing up without me. And um, the the really big kicker was when I realized that when I when I would come back home from being out of town, and I'm sure a lot of tow boaters can relate to this, which it was even worse for me because I didn't have the 30 on, 30 off. I had like the three weeks out and four weeks, four days at home or something, you know. And you realize, man, you're in the way. Um, you're kind of your family's kind of learning how to live without you, you know. And so I was like, man, I got to do something different, you know. So um, we started our own thing, did that for a while. I really went and started being self-employed. What? What about what year? Um, was your you're away for three weeks, back for four days? That all that going on was that? That, that was, was the late. That was the late nineties. Okay. Early two thousands. Yeah. So um so we started our own construction thing uh and we were and i say we me and my wife my wife and i we uh but it led to the same thing i was still out of town you know right um and then so um honestly i uh just fast forward to 2003 2004 um a lot of i believe in divine intervention obviously you can tell by the things i've said already but i I, uh, there were some really kind of things that, you know, how you have like things happen and like, you're like, man, that never happens. Well, I had three of those in a row happen with the, with my, uh, construction business. And, um, just, I thought we had job, you know, work set up for a long time. And it just, just I mean, three really like, like they decide not to do the job or they decide to only do half of it. And, and we had only, you know, well, it was just different, three, three different scenarios. And I, I, to this day, I've tried to talk to people about it. I can't remember what they were, but they were, 
just odd enough for me to finally, after the third one, take note and say, man, you know, this I'm at a really kind of unique place, you know, in, in my construction business here because I'm about to finish up and have nothing else started. So I had an opportunity like to break it off right there, you know, so I made some phone calls, sold some equipment. My And I didn't, I didn't, uh, just so you know, and, and I'm going to start talking about ramp stop now. Let me ask some, uh, some other questions before we jump to that. Okay. Well, did you finish high school? No. You did not. I, I eventually did uh, through a, a, a school called American High School uh, out of Chicago, Illinois. I said, you know, it's, Things were totally different in 1987. You know, we did correspondence, uh, but I finished it after um, after I was married. I, I, so I guess the answer to the question is yes. I just didn't do it conventionally. You know, did you do any college? Yes, after um, after we had a, a our first. We Zach's my youngest. I have two girls, and older than he is, and. Uh, you know, about that time, I was talking about having that epiphany about, man, we're broken. It's my fault, you know, and uh, which is the way young guys think, I guess. At least young guys, at least this, at least this young guy. Um, I wanted to do something to, you know, and I, I saw maybe there was a future and if I get at least a two-year degree. So I tried that for a while. I was working full-time. We were very heavily involved in our church. And... Um, I'm trying, we're trying to raise two toddlers and it just, I didn't make it. I made it like, I don't know. I probably got enough credit hours to be a freshman. And I, and I said, I might do something else. It's not working. So, yeah, but I, yeah, I gave it a shot. I was, you know, I wasn't against that. My life didn't go that way, you know? Well, so you kind of find yourself in religion at 16 years old. Where do you end up meeting your wife? At church. Okay. <laughs> yep. At the I, um, yep. Met her at the same church uh, where I gave my heart to the Lord, and um, we got married in eleven months later. Okay. Which is which? I mean, we're both from this little county. It's not like we didn't know each other, you know. But uh, anyway, so I say met her. It's not like a lot of people at college. I met my wife in college. You know, we came from two different states and ended up on this campus. It wasn't that, but. Yeah, I was, no, I got married when I was 17. So I'm, I'm 52 years old. We, we celebrate our 35th anniversary this year. Congratulations. So thank you. Thank you. How, appreciate it. How long until you had your first child? Oh, now you're getting personal. <laughs> um, I was 18. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was a kid, a punk, doing everything I was big enough to do uh, within a matter of, Three years, I was a married man with a family. You know, um, yeah, a lot of stuff happened in that last half of the 1980s for me. Sounds like quite the change. So, what yeah. uh, what were you doing for work until you started your own construction business? Okay, um, well, I first went to work for my uncle. I told you he he had the construction thing going on, and when I say construction, I really mean steel structural painting steel structures tanks and angle you know but but in an industrial type not even a commercial a commercial setting to me would be more of a you know new construction of like uh shopping centers and that sort of thing we were doing like you know repaints of water tanks or going into wastewater treatment plants and just reworking everything you know that kind of thing um 
I got, we, when my daughter was getting ready to be born, he, uh, the company that I was working for at the time, um, had a job just so happened in the same little town that I lived in because it, there was a Bungie corporation there and they had two big grain bins. They were sandblasting and painting them. So basically I went over there to work from while I was waiting on my daughter to be born, you know, when it was coming to, she was like nine days past, but, uh, and I never left the guy that, uh, was superintendent of the place came over one day and asked me if I'd like to come to work there. And I was like, you better believe it because I just got a brand new little baby girl born and, you know, uh, my priorities changed like that, you know? Right. Um, Which... so, so that's how I ended up. And I ended up there at, at Bungie corporation in uh, Livermore, Kentucky for like eight years, you know, just elevator operator, um, working, learning how, learning how to be an adult. You know, I look back now and I see that, you know what I mean? I didn't know it then. I just, just trying to make a good living, try, trying to make a living for my family. I had a nine to five job or eight to four or whatever. Yeah. I worked there for almost eight years. And then was that elevator on the river? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's on the green river. Uh, the green river, uh, uh, flows into the Ohio river, right at Evansville, Indiana, Henderson area. And we're about, uh, the town I was on was about mile marker 71, something somewhere in that range. I live at mile marker 62 on the same river right now, but, uh, okay. but yeah, that, yeah, that was, uh, it's a Purdue now. Now Purdue came and bought Bungie, I don't know, 20 something years ago. And now they do chicken feed and stuff, but, uh, but yeah, the elevator was on the river. So that was my first, you know, they used to come in, the Crown's boats used to come up down the Green River and every so often they would, uh, we'd be out there loading barges and we didn't load directly on the river, the Green's too small. Um, you know, on the Ohio River, Mississippi River, when they load out, they just, you know, dredge it out real close and to the bank and go for it. But on the Green, it was so small, we had what's called a slip that was dredged out and dug out. But it would always backfill in the winter, you know. Uh, and uh, so, uh they used to come in we would get a barge like half loaded and when you get one half loaded it's actually drafting a whole lot deeper than would be allowable by the coast guard or whoever makes those decisions the army corps or whoever makes that decision at the time and uh but but because you know when you get to the other side you're going to bring it back up you know you're trying to you know to be the most efficient you're trying to load it load it through one time so um they would uh, a Krauss boat came and pulled it out and you know pulled the barge out in the river and flipped it around and faced it up and they and instead of dredging just like it's a very temporary fix but it was something where you could get a few barges loaded like say in the middle of june or something then they would take that deep end and just shove it up in that slip you know just over and over and we got to get on the boat uh, that day like when we were out there and that was one that was the first time i'd ever been on a tow boat that was probably 1988 or something you know and of course you get on the boat and they're like Hey, you want some of this to eat? <laughs> you know, some things never change. <laughs> it's still that way. Yes, sir. Well, was that, so that was your introduction to the, the river industry? Absolutely. With that in loading barges, we loaded barges, you know, I mean, that's just what we did. I mean, in, you know, in, especially in, we loaded a lot of rail cars at that time too, but yeah, yeah, that, you know, that was my first time ever being on a towboat. Getting that job was my, was my introduction to the river just learning a few things, you know, just being out there, you know, every day. Yeah. That, that was my introduction to the river. Absolutely. So you said you were there for eight years. What happened next? Yep. Well, I, uh, 
I went out, I, I started my own thing. I didn't know I, I, had, uh, I had, I was doing some work on the side and, uh, and I took off a week to, cause I got a few jobs and I was trying to get, get them done. And I made enough money. And I, you know, it was one of those deals where like I had a really good job and I made as much money in one day as I did in a whole week. And I was too stupid to know any different. I just said, man, I got to do, I, I'm not making any money. I, I'm going to, I'm going to put my notice in and just start doing this full time. Cause if I could really devote myself to it, you know, um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do a lot better. And I was wrong. Um, well, I was right. I was just wrong about how I thought it was going to go. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I mean, I'm, you know what I mean? I don't regret it, ever doing that, but, uh, you know, it was, school of hard knocks and you get out there and you're like, yeah, man, it was, it's one thing to get a couple of jobs and, you know, and you, and you don't have no time to do them because you're, you're employed somewhere else, but all of a sudden you're out knocking and looking for work, you know, uh, whenever you've got nothing else to do, you know? So, uh, but you know, so when the fall came, uh, I went back to Bungie just temporarily, not without, I, they always needed help and, and I didn't leave. Uh, I guess I've always been taught you don't burn any bridges, you know, and so you make somebody a good hand and you'll always have a, you know, have, have, you won't, you won't make any enemies. And so, um, I went back and, you know, worked for them that fall and then did some, I mean, I've, I had a, once we got through the fall, um, I ended up going to Birmingham, just bouncing around here and there. I, we did a big job at a airplane hangar down there. And, um, one thing led to another, I sold insurance at one point, um, I just, it was either take a very minimally paying job or get out and take a risk. And that's what I did. So we, um, I mean, I don't know how I can, my story is long. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I, uh, ultimately I ended up going back because my uncle, he's always a salesperson and he's always, he knows how to get me to do what he wants me to get him to do. But he, but he would come through. He'd be like, "Hey, man, I'm, I'm going. I'm." He quit being his own. He quit doing his own thing and went to work for like one of the major painting contractors in the United States. And he was like, "Man, I, I, you know, I need you to come to work. We'll do this and that." So I did that for two, three, four years, and ended up being like a project manager. I was one out. Of, I, I, I landed at Urban H White House and Sons, which is uh, the biggest contractor in the state of Kentucky for painting. Uh, out, out of city of Louisville, and um, I landed there. It was my last. That's where that kind of whole road took me of in and out of the paint business and learning how to bid jobs and and that sort of thing. And I landed there. And while I was there, um, I ended up. They had a little trip. I, you know, one thing led to another. I can never get the entrepreneur out of me. Is one thing. I've I've always had this bug in me, and I can't. You know, I'd go around and I'd bid these jobs and I would be like, man, we'll never get this job because because I knew our, you know, cause there's so many different levels of construction, just like there are so many different levels. You, told, you see the thing repeat, you see a principle repeat in business after after a certain amount of time, you know, and, and there's like there's companies that are set up to do the, the, the job for mom and pop. There's companies that are set up to do the job for the little businessman. There's companies that are set up to do the the medium side, and then there's companies that can work for GE and Ford, and and all of them are set up and geared up and sort of tooled up, you know, to to work a certain way. And I and I so I would I would just know I was looking at a job that man, if I you know if I had my little thing going, 
we could kill it, you know, but nah, I, the, what we're doing here, the way we're geared up, we're, I was working for a company that was geared up to work for the Fords and GMs and the, you know, the bigger, the higher end, bigger job. That eventually led to me starting my own business that way. And I've been self-employed ever since then. Uh, and was your construction uh, business painting? Yes. Yes. Uh, and like I said, I kind of skipped ahead to this earlier, but it ended up being the same thing again. You know, you're out of town. Yeah, I want to do, I, I like what we're doing, but um, it, it, it ends up just being what you're away from home all the time. You know, and uh, that, that was when I realized that my kids were growing up without me. I'm uh, 30, 31 years old. I got, uh, I got one, in, I literally have one, like two in, in middle school and one in grade school. And, you know, I'm coming home and they're like, oh, your dad's home. I can't sleep with mom tonight. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, cause they would like trade out and take turns, you know, sleeping with their mother uh, when I was gone. And um, so anyway, I, what happened, we moved, we moved back to our little county because I had been self-employed for like two years and pretty much I could, you know, I wasn't working at home there or <laughs> no matter where, even though I was in Louisville, I was still working out of town. So, um, and that's when it sort of led to what I told you earlier. We, we ended up um, kind of hit, hitting that crossroad where we're at this really unique spot right now where we're about to wrap up all our work and we don't have anything else started, you know, and uh, my uncle, who was retired and looking for something to do in his retirement said, man, uh, he, he came to me about, um, he start, my uncle started ramp stop, not me. And six months later, he asked me to come in partners with him. And we thought it was going to be a family affair. One thing I see repeating in life, uh, Tim, his head, uh, it's probably not going to go the way you think it's going to go. You know, you have this idea, you have this thing, but that don't mean it's not going to go. So don't, you know, and, and when you're early on, if you're doing something, you might get discouraged by, oh man, but man, I had step A, B, C, D, and E, and I'm just on step B and already this thing ain't going. You know, you, you, you have your best idea, your best plan, and then you, <laughs> then just hang on for the ride, you know, but if you keep showing up and making connections and talking to people and, you know, doing uh, being who you say you are and doing what you say you'll do, man, the opportunities will abound, especially in this day and age. I've never seen anything like it is now. But um, he came to me. He asked me to do that. We thought it was going to be a family affair, and it was for a year or so. And, you know, he wanted to be retired. We, we were getting busier and busier and busier. He wanted to be retired. I wanted to build a business. There was uh, a couple of other family members that were in there with us, and they one of them kind of wanted to be retired. Another one of them just kind of wanted to hunt. I don't know who else going to listen to this. I don't mean any derogatory things towards it. Everybody got what they wanted in the end. My wife and I bought Ramp Stop. I think. Uh, well, first of all, it was me and my me and my my dad retired and wanted to come in with us. So anyway, but so me me and him bought my uncle and my cousin out, and then eventually my dad wanted to be retired. And I say it was around 2008. My wife and I just, we were, became the only owners of Ramp Stop. Well, tell me the story of Ramp Stop from your uncle's inception of it to what it's become now. I know, uh, Zach told me the hardware store is no longer. So I guess where did it start? How did it get to where it is? Well, it started with people talking. 
a cook on a boat, knew my uncle and said, man, I wish there was a store up here. My uncle's about ready to retire. And he's like, man, I think that sounds like something I could do in retirement, which everybody would probably think if they don't know what they're talking about. And he didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> so, and that's why I got it started. He went and bought, uh, you know, the name Ramp Stop came literally from ignorance. And um, it came out of the, uh, of him and uh, my cousin, uh, Robbie Hinton and Daryl Hinton. Daryl's my uncle, Robbie's my cousin. They they came up with the name because they thought, you know, hey, we're going to go to boat ramps and they're going to stop and pick up the groceries. <laughs> and that ain't how it goes. <laughs> so uh, that's where the name Ramp Stop came from. And, uh, you know, after working through all that, you know, praise God, I'm so grateful. We had all this, Tim, we had all this family involved and nobody got mad at each other. Nobody, you know, it's not like one of them deals where, you know, but we all were able to come together. And when the time came, we were all able to go, you know what, you're right. I'd rather do this. I'd rather do that. And and we all still, we can, I can still go to Thanksgiving and Christmas. No problem. So I'm really grateful for that. That's a big, that's the thing that I fretted over in the beginning. I'm like, well, something we thought was going to be so great and such a family we talked about how our grandfather would be so proud of all of us working together and starting this new thing. And then that for us to turn into a train wreck was just like the worst case scenario, you know, and it didn't do that. So um, basically they're, you know, they had, they bought a couple of trailers. They made a deal with the local grocery store. They started talking to boats, get trying to get your name out there. And a few people were, you know, and we were doing like 25 to $30,000 worth of sales a month whenever they asked me to come on and, and, uh, in August, they started in February of 05 and I came into the business in August of 05. You know, over the years, man, we, we just learned a lot of stuff. As soon as we came, as soon as I, I came into the business, it's, it's really complicated. It sounds convoluted, but my brother and I actually bought into the business and then my dad bought my brother out. It's just a big, but when we came into the business is when we started our first store. We start, we decided to, um, I think it was my uncle, myself went and met with a guy from one of the, uh, grocery wholesalers that did deliveries in our area. And we set up a, you know, started an account, rented a building, started getting, started getting stores. And that was, that was August of 2005. So almost immediately, like in, some people do this for 30 years and never have a store. You know, we, we saw the need to have a store, at least for what we, our vision was of what this could be, you know, from the, our, from the get go. I mean, you got, you got to control it from point A to point B. You know, I, your customer doesn't care to hear you give them excuses why the people that own the grocery store don't know how to pull a grocery order. You know what I mean? You, that's not that's not going to fly. So uh, we have to. We our thing has been to take owner. Not I say control. I'm not really a control freak, but I like. But I if I'm going to take ownership of it, I want to take from the beginning to the end, and I'm going to try to control everything. You know, so from the beginning to the end to make sure that from the from the point of taking the order all the way through, you know, we're very thorough. This isn't, uh, I'm going to run something across town to somebody. Oh, I forgot something. I'll run back and get it real. No, it's not, it's not like that. It's you got a tow boat moving 12 miles an hour down the river. When there's a bunch of drift, you want to do this one time. Matter of fact, you don't even want to do it once, but you have to. <laughs> so, you got, so, you know, you're trying to, so you don't want So, so a lot of times, you know, you, it might seem to people like, well, you, we don't do a, you know, we have a very, you know, menial job or whatever. Well, if you look at it like that, I guess you would, and you probably wouldn't be in business as long as we have been. That's the way I, we we see. We we like to think that we we by focusing on the little bitty tiny details, 
and we keep our problems in those little bitty tiny details. You know, but it's always, oh man, we didn't get them. We accidentally bought them the Swisher sweets that didn't have the plastic tip. Oh, yeah. That's a tight, you know, it's a big deal for that guy. Don't get me wrong. He wanted the wood ones for whatever reason. But but you know what I mean? If you're it's not, oh, I gave the wrong order to the wrong boat. <laughs> so uh, we feel like that. So I, I'm getting sidetracked a little bit there. But we um oh wait, I think we finally ended up with the store up. Oh no, I was going to tell you the progression. What I'm trying to do now is just we're operating in Livermore, Kentucky, which is almost an hour drive from Evansville, Indiana. We have a 30 foot pontoon boat. Yes, we did it with a pontoon boat for a long time. We destroyed a 30 foot pontoon boat in about five years. I mean, just it looked like somebody went up down the sides with a 10 pound sledgehammer time we got done with it. But, you know, we found out, I, some part of learning sometimes is you find out what to do and sometimes you find out what not to do. Um, so we we were doing that. We would get an order. We would we would we pull everything out of our store. Go to maybe you know we pass through Owensboro on the way to Evansville and pick up a few more things. Go over and meet the boat, make the delivery. And every every delivery was an all day event. Every man, we got an order. Let's you know we're jubilant. Somebody somebody is going to use our business. And then we would spend all day you know working through it. Um, we eventually moved our. We still had the boat at this time. We're making we're making deliveries in Evansville, Ben, and I tell you, we're at. Uh, you familiar with the LST three twenty five? It's a Navy I'm, ship. They've got docked over there. I'm not, but no, no. Okay, yeah, it's it's in the it's on the upper end of the Evansville Bend. It's just some people um, you know would know that, but um, right there, there was a marina right there, and we and we kept our boat there. So we moved to Henderson. Boy, we really we cut the travel time and down by two-thirds we could be to Evansville from Henderson so much quicker we did that for a little while and our business grew a little grew a little bit and um, we eventually you know we're from Livermore we're from Owens we're from this other county that's not really in the wheelhouse of the Henderson Evansville area well we know how to get there and we've been there a few times in our life but that's not really our wheelhouse you know so we started asking our customers because up at because when you start a business, man, you don't want to do nothing. You don't want to change anything. You're afraid that one one thing could just kill you. You know, um, there was a book I read one time. At, one time I was into reading books there for a while, like self help, and I was sort of uh, and I and I and I'm sorry to the authors that I can't remember the book I was reading, but I usually I noticed something. I would usually get one thing out of a book. I could read this whole book, two or three hundred pages, and you when you'd have one thing that really a year later would really stick with you. And um, one of those things was um, be whatever you can do to be the best in the world at. That was one of the things. That's not the one I'm trying to think of now because I went totally blank. <laughs> but one of the books I read was like, but uh, that's, that's what led to the shutting down of our hardware store. We were struggling. I thought the hardware store would support what we were doing on the river. It didn't. It took us away from the river. And... I read that book. I got that concept in my head. I thought there, I thought we cannot be the best hardware store. Um, we, we can't, but but I can be the best boat store if I'll get my if we get our focus back on, and that uh, and that led to making the decision to let that go. Uh, anyway, we would go. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. It was um, 
all entrepreneurs, I think it was a book called How the Mighty Fall, but all entrepreneurs have something in common and that is an ir irrational fear of failure. Like everybody looks at you from the outside in and, and goes, they're looking at you like, man, what's that guy worried about? He's got it made. But you remember when nobody needed your service. You, you, know, you know that the world functioned before you came on the scene and it'll function when you leave, when you're gone. You know, so, so, uh, so that was probably what motivated us to stay and keep delivering in Evansville for so long. Um, and uh, we just, we finally just broke down and started asking our customers, you know, you, you get busier so you can get by. The inefficiencies start to rear their head as your volume builds up, as your business starts to pick up. You know, so we, we're like, man, we, we need to get back. You know, and so we, so we started asking people, well, what would you think if we if we made deliveries in, in Owensboro instead of Evansville? And man, it was the response was so great. It was exactly what we wanted to hear. It was like, and we never even realized people were like, man, I, you know, I wanted to get stores from y'all before, but I, I didn't do it because I didn't want to take on stores going down going down river in that Evansville bend in the middle of the night or whatever. You know. So they're like, oh, yeah, Owensboro's way better. It's a lot more laid back. It's, uh, you know, so we got, that's how we ended, we landed. Then we landed in Owensboro. Well, at that point, we didn't have a boat we didn't, on a trailer or, and I'm sorry for not remembering some of these people's names. Some people stand that, but there was a guy who was a captain for AEP. He said, y'all need to get that boat on a trailer. That way, you know, you can, and, and so when we made the decision to move to Owensboro, it's like, well, we don't have a marina. We'll have to get it. We'll have to launch every time we, we make a delivery, you know. And, you know, you, you start out doing something and you just don't want to change. It's just so afraid to change. And you realize, why did we ever put our boat in a marina and then unload it with a dolly and go down through the dock? Like, oh, don't, why do we think that was good? I don't you know, but until we did it the other way, so we got to Owensboro, then we got our, we bought our first forklift. Well, that was about a couple of years later, but, um, but so we, then we're actually loading the boat, you know, before we taking it down and taking it down to the city front, making deliveries. But the, the thing that really, it's, this was the beginning of the, where we're at now. And that was, we started to be like, you know, man, I can drive to Henderson in 30 minutes, takes them eight hours to get here. If they're gonna be here at two o'clock in the morning, man. We could be instead of us getting a phone call at one thirty to get up and go make this delivery. You know, we could we could be just snoozing away tonight and let them get to get. To, so we started. That was the beginning of that. Like around oh nine twenty ten, we were doing it like for our own benefit. Like if we could work it out, you know. We so to, so so putting the boat on the trailer, which is something we were forced to do by moving moving to Owensboro because there was no marina to be in. Also, we didn't realize the options that were going to, it opened up like, well, we can go to Lewisport, we can go to Hallsville, we can go up to Candleton, we can go, you know, if we need to, you know, we thought, we still thought it was like the, a very huge thing. We have, we had the opportunity to do it, but, you know, we still need to think about it before we, you know, but, but it was there. That's what opened up that. So uh, I see like so many things happen like that you know where you're just like you don't even know what the unintended unintended consequences are going to be uh positive or negative and a lot of times there's a lot of positive stuff that you just could not see because you were just standing on this side looking and you had something blocking your view and then when you got on that side it's so clear you know um eventually we 
We're at Owensboro for four, five, six years, I think, and things are going pretty good. Business has tripled, quadrupled. I mean, we're we're staying busy. We're staying consistently busy. And um, but it was getting to the point where uh, also we had this is about the time where it's not just groceries anymore. People we had we, we had three companies that were really I mean, it didn't matter if it was line, what it was, they were getting everything for these guys. So, so we came in and so we, we started doing business with a hardware supplier, a national hardware supplier that started just bringing, it to, bringing stuff to our store. We decided, well, it's, we could probably start a little store and, you know, it would, it would help us move more product. Because every once in a while when you, you sort of like breaking into something, you don't get enough, you're, you can't make a big enough order to get you know, to get stuff. So we're like, man, if we could, if we could order from them more consistently, you know, it'll make it a lot easier for us to always have the gloves, always have the whatever. So that's where, that's where the hardware store came out. And and what happened with the hardware store, Jim, was that it, <laughs> we thought it was going to make it easier for us to acquire and procure a lot of the non-food items uh in fact it, it, and it and yeah it did but it did that didn't outweigh that walk-in business from a local community the requirements that the things that they're looking for are not in the same vault and especially on, now when it comes to food yes that's a very inter, you can intermingle that quite a bit there's not a huge amount maybe sizes brands or whatever but when it comes to hardware and that sort of i mean we were doing garden center you know, uh, bring your leaf in, put it under the thing, and we'll tell you like uh, if that's a what kind of mold that is. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that we didn't need garden center. You know, we uh, we we it, it took me away in, in a four year time. It took, it slowly happened, but I realized, and I, this is this is terrible. Um, but it was great on on another side. I had a guy tell me one day. I mean, we because we had took and I, this is what made me realize how much we had lost our focus. This was probably 2014 or something. He he told me, he called and he had a complaint about something. And he told me, he said, you know, I only use you all because I have to. I don't have anybody else to use up here. And dude, I'm telling you, that crushed me. Nothing. That was probably, it was, I can't remember because I have a lot of stuff going on in my life, so I can't remember. But I, I don't know if that was the, the what that was the first shoe to fall or the last straw. But it was a big impact in going back to that I, when I made, made that statement about reading that book um, and find and and having that epiphany of man, do whatever you can be the best in the world at, you know. And and just that 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 was probably the last straw right there when I read that book, but. That guy telling me, man, we only, because I thought, how in the world have we became exactly what I never wanted to be? Because I forgot who we are. I forgot who we serve. I forgot. I had good intentions, but the unintended consequences was I'm trying to sell fertilizer to people in the spring when I need to be focused on the river levels and, you know, and, I, 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 you know, uh, and so that's what led to that. You know, I don't know if Zach told you or not. We just bought a grocery store. Uh, we'll be uh, taking possession of it May the first, and I, and trust me, I got my eyes wide open on that thing because I've I've already been down it. But one thing I realized in going, in defining like what I wanted to be the best in the world at was, 
we sell groceries to inland waterway mariners. That's what we do. And um, like I said, the grocery thing makes a lot more sense. You can build volume. You can do what it gives you another location to have a, people pick out of it. We definitely looked at things on that part that we probably wouldn't have otherwise, you know, but uh, we're trying to make connections. I've been talking to uh, one of the owners at Wooten's um, about our vision for our future is, is we, is, is sort of the division of labor, you know, and, and you guys, most, uh, uh, we, we've, we're starting to realize after being in the business almost 20 years that, you know, people, a lot of people that do groceries don't necessarily want to. That's the thing we love to do. And that's the thing we're working on doing. And that's the thing we're trying to perfect. And it's, it's, it's annoying to you. It's the little fly that's buzzing around, but man, we want to be really good at it to the point where people want to come buy fuel from you because they know they're going to get everything they want when they get their groceries when they get their CODs, when they get their, you know, we, we look at it, we, we are looking at it like a craft, picking these grocery orders, not just for anybody, not just doing the DoorDash thing or whatever. We, we were doing DoorDash before DoorDash was DoorDash. You know, we, we're, we're looking at it like we have a very specific group of people that we feel like we are in the middle of perfecting a craft of being able to provide these people what they need so they can do their job and focus on what they need. They need to be focusing on not hitting the bridge. You know, they need to be focusing on whatever else it is. You know, what, they got a lot of stuff to do. They, 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 need, they need to know they can pick the phone up, call us, and they don't, have to, they don't have to worry about anything else. In the last three or four years, we just keep getting calls where it's like, can you come here? Can you come here? Can you come here? We've been to Nashville, Memphis, Cincinnati, St. Louis. I've been above St. Louis two hours. I've been below Memphis three hours making deliveries to people, you know, uh, different, uh, different companies, different capacities. So we begin to realize, you know, that's great. That's wonderful. It's flattering and it's fun. Even like the first few times you will do it, but at some point you're, we're thinking we need some partners. We, we want, we want to find the, the, the people that are doing fleeting and helping people with with uh, fueling and that sort of thing that are in contact with these boats 24 7 and their business is not to be in the grocery store trying to figure out what these people want all hours of the night or all hours of the day or, and say hey we can take that off your shoulders i've talked to the people at economy i talked to the guy that runs economy when i was at the uh imx show a couple of years ago you know i mean I, so we're i whether you're interested or not, one thing we decided is we want you to know we're interested. Because the one thing me and uh, Zach and I have talked about is, hey, if it's something, let's do it and move forward. If it's not something, then let's re let's pivot, refocus, and where are we going to take our, you know, where what are we going to do? Where are we going to take our business? You know, here going forward. So, so I guess a lot of times in the past, I may have been afraid to. I, I may have been afraid of the answer. Now I'm like. Just give me the answer. <laughs> you know, there's a word, there's a Hebrew word called misbot. It's uh, translated judgment into English, and it just means favorable or unfavorable. Just tell me. <laughs> you like me, you don't like me. You like my idea, or you don't like my idea. Because if you don't like it, then I'm wasting my time, you know. Right. So, well, congratulations on the upcoming uh, grocery store acquisition. 
Thank you. Well, sir, tell me a little bit about your kids. Emily and Deason, my oldest daughter. She is, I wish I knew the title, man, because I hate to not do her justice, but she is the head engineer for the Kentucky Department of Transportation over the uh, I-69 Ohio River crossing at Henderson right now. That's what she's, this thing has consumed her for a year and a half, and she's right in the middle of it now. Yeah, but they, but you wouldn't believe the planning and, you know, stuff that they put into it already. But uh, she's my oldest daughter. She's got three daughters. I have nine grandchildren. Emily's married to Bobby Deason. He's from Jeffersonville, Indiana. They have three daughters. My middle daughter, Sarah Beth Wells, is her name. Her husband's Nathan Wells. They are pastors. Uh, they have pastored in St. Louis for about four years, and now they're back in this area pastoring. As a matter of fact, before Nathan went into full-time ministry, he used to be like, he used to do logistics for us. And uh, he's back now. Now he's back to work in the meat room for us. He's one of them people that, you know, your kids, they can do everything. I tell people, we started this. We built a... Uh, processing facility on our farm we bought a farm a couple years ago and we've got a processing facility on it now anyway our kids uh, i was talking to somebody i said zach's been cutting meat since he was 11 you know what i mean 11 or 12 years old i mean that's just the way it is when you raise kids you know when you're uh, self-employed but um so nathan and sarah and sarah actually works with us on the farm where uh she's sort of a hobby gardener but I'm, I'm pushing a lot of stuff on her and she's she's also taking she's managing all of the like government interface with the farm and what i mean by that is uh she's been to university of kentucky to take a class uh on hazardous analysis and critical control point training for um to help us write the procedures and and uh, uh for uh, slaughtering of our own chickens and processing that and everything. So she's working in a big capacity. She's she's planting our our produce and uh, and working and she's also working on that kind of thing. Um, they have three children and then I of course have Zach. Zach's uh, he's almost worked with me ever since he's been able to. He, he he had a he did the thing where you know he's got to get away from dad for a little while and go do something else, but. Um, I'm glad he ends up back here with me. I told him a few years ago, man, I just, this, this business will chew you up and spit you out, man. It's 24, seven, 365 weather. It don't matter, you know, and, and, and we got to get stuff to people. It doesn't matter, you know, what the condition was and, uh, straight, it can be, and I just, I looked at him a couple of years ago. I said, man, I, I can't do it without you. I can't. I, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm, I'll. I'll scale it back. I'll make it real doable for me. That's not a good business model because a business model focused on work. What works for me is not going to be a good business model because our business model has always been, you know, focused on what the customer needs and our that our business has grown. But um, so I, Zach's married to Brandy. They got three little boys. My whole family. Well. Bobby and Emily, my oldest, they're they're not directly involved. They've helped, you know, in the business and that sort of thing from time to time. But um, but with this acquisition of the store, Bobby, 
he's a school teacher and he's off in the summer and he's like, I want to come make pizzas. <laughs> so I'm like, great. I've been trying to figure out how to get y'all involved. In, I mean, they bring the kids over and see the chickens and stuff like that. But I mean, I get them involved in every day because uh, I know my kids are high character people. So man, I want them. I want people like that around me, you know? So that's my family. I mean, I come from a, I come from a pretty good sized family and, uh, and we've got a good sized family. Mr. Shockley, I do appreciate your time this afternoon. If uh, if Zach's available, I've got a few more questions for him. Let me get him. Let me get him. Thank Thanks you. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me ramble. <laughs> no problem. Welcome to the show. Hey, man. How's it going? Going just fine. Uh, thank you very much for arranging this and for supporting the show. But tell me first, how did you find my show? Um... I think it was in a Facebook group. Uh, I know we've kind of talked about this before, and uh, it was an. You, I thought it was a great idea uh, before I heard you mention it, and then I saw that some guy on a Facebook group uh, asked a question: "Hey, would people like to listen to this?" And uh, I noticed that it got a pretty good response. And then I think it was maybe a month or two later. I don't know if you if you remember the post I'm even talking about. Uh, but, um, and then what was it probably two or three months after that, I saw you come out with your first episode. Uh, and then I just, from there, I just started listening to it. And, uh, I don't know how many episodes I listened to before I reached out to you and I told you, I like really, you know, appreciated it and, um, enjoyed listening to it and learning a lot. That, that was really something I was looking for as somebody that, um, I'm sure, you know, talked to my dad there that, uh, you know, we, serve the industry but we're not necessarily uh in it in the same way like uh you know somebody that owns a barge line or terminal or something like that but uh you know you just try to learn as much as you can about your customers and who you're trying to help support and what you were doing was teaching me you know listen to people uh mark i told you all those mark canoyas those were really insightful and you know i just uh Start listening from there. I want to reach out to you and try to tell you, hey, I'll try to help you any way I can, support you any way we can. And it was quite the surprise, man. I uh, <laughs> I didn't really have a direction with this thing. I just had a first 10 episodes or so planned, and I think this is going to be episode 48. Yeah. No, you've been cranking them out lately. I've noticed that. Yeah. It's some late nights, but it, it's a good time. Anyway, so uh, your dad said you were – processing meat and stuff at 11 years old have you been involved since then yeah um it's just something uh, i'm sure he went through his whole story there about uh oh middle school or whatever uh just just like any other kid you get curious what your uh, parents are actually doing and just try i just helped out whenever we could if uh anybody's been around uh kind of a boat store business sometimes it's feast and famine you you know you you can go couple days and pretty I, I know for a fact i've worked 24 hours straight before just you know you got so much work to do you can't get caught up and sometimes a little kid you get thrown in the middle of that trying to help out as much as you can so um yeah that's just wherever we were needed at that point you just need an extra set of hands sometimes did you go to college no i did not um i uh started a family really young it's kind of a thing in our family that i guess we like to do uh <laughs> um i have uh 
I had a, uh, my first son and got married when I was 18. Um, and I just kind of went into work uh, for my dad there. I was a dumb kid. I didn't really have any idea of what the, what I want to do in the future, but, uh, I knew I needed a job. So just going to work for, uh, my family there was a little bit, uh, easy decision to make. Never really got around to that. I, I'm not ever against, you know, going back or anything like that. It's just not how, not how life went this up to this point. Uh, he said you took a temporary detour from the family business. What'd you do in the meantime? Um, a couple of times, uh, um, I went to work at a place that, uh, screen printed t-shirts. Um, my cousin worked there as a salesperson and I, uh, went there, you know, uh, probably not even six, seven months. Uh, that was really, I, I was probably 19 or 20 at that time. So I, I wasn't even around. Um, hold on. Sorry. I'm sorry, Tim. I, hey, my kids have all woken up from a nap at, at all at one time. So, uh, but uh, no, going back to your original question, I detoured from uh, the family business a little bit, just trying to get out on my own and uh, started trying to sell t-shirts and stuff like that. But I, I came back probably within a Oh, six, seven month period there. What's your favorite part of the job? Uh, currently, um, man, I've been on a lot of boats and, uh, it's just seeing new ones. Um, you know, learning about people like, uh, it's, it's, I think I've heard you say this, somebody else say this too. It's, it's a very well-kept secret, um, the whole industry. So, you just learn about stuff that you you've always kind of seen in the peripheral and in the background of your life. And then, um, you know, you start learning more about it, like just, uh, you know, river ports, any, any type of thing like that. You always see and just learning new stuff, uh, being on different boats, being on new boats, meeting new people. It's uh, it's good. And, you know, trying to make people's hitches and stuff a little bit more enjoyable is kind of what we strive to do and that's what i like to do trying to make people's uh, life out there a little bit a little bit uh more enjoyable anything else you'd like to share about the uh the future potential of this business i know you said you're acquiring a grocery store in about a month yeah yeah that is uh i'm sure he talked to you about it a little bit uh we um started a little bit of a farm here that we have some aspirations for and um that grocery store is kind of part of that um and uh we think also it's going to help our boat store a little bit there and you know we have some stuff in the future that we hope to you know expand and stuff but we're taking it slow man we're we're workers and we're all anytime we have free time we're trying to add something new to our life so uh you know we're we're just uh taking it taking a little bit at a time and uh you know just having fun doing it and with three kids and what six nieces and nephews whatever that total was yeah, I'll say pl plenty busy, but look, man, I appreciate your time. And I really, really do appreciate the support. I'm glad this podcast is uh, as well received as it, as it has been. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate you.